Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast for spiritual seekers and lurkers, the respectfully curious and the pursuers of their passion, hosted by Melanie Dawn, Jen Anderson, and Tanya Ryan. So we're here today and we're... Um, I, well, I'm really excited about this just because uh, I've been teaching this workshop for a little while and I call it, I'm pretty sure I call it just intuitive connection, but I was inspired to build this workshop basically because I was noticing a lot of people who are inherently intuitive, which I would argue is literally everyone, just some people are maybe more interested in it than others. Um, but I would notice that these people who are inherently intuitive would have a lot of difficulty trusting um, that intuition or making an intentional interaction with that intuition, AKA it would just kind of pop up and then sort of seem like absent for a while. And then maybe it'll pop up and seem absent for a while. And it was hard to um, keep it in almost like a reciprocating space. So I built this workshop in effort to um, kind of share my experience with um, communicating intuitively and the different ways that that can show up and then techniques and kind of tips, tricks and whatever on how to trust that intuitive connection more. But I thought that this could be a cool conversation between the three of us, because I suspect that each of us has not only created that intuitive connection in a different and unique way that could then, you know, appeal to more types of people, like more variety of people. Um, but I'm also just interested to hear how your experience with your intuition started. I'm curious to see how you've seen it grown or when you've seen it grow the most, or when it's felt clearest to you, how it translates to you. I'm just like interested to know your, your intuitive experience. So if either of you would like to like, just jump in there and share your uh, share your intuitive experience. Ben. Okay, I'll pick one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, you did not specify first. who you want to talk to. Okay. Well, Jen, you, I would like the intro to, uh, to this to be uh, the intro that you used at your live show that I went to before. I don't know what song it is that you sing before, but first off, I didn't believe in anything intuitive even probably five years ago it's not that I didn't believe I just didn't know no I didn't believe I thought it was weird <laughs> like I remember going to an angel reading that my friends had been like you need to go to this lady you need to go to this lady for the people that had passed in my life for years people bought me gift certificates and I was just like mm, not my thing like I don't really believe in that and being mind blown by that whole situation because I definitely went in with a poker face and was like, I will not even shift my eyeballs. You will get nothing from me from this. You have to pull everything yourself. And then I was like, I'm sure my eyes got really big a few times. Like, holy shit. Like what, how did you know that? Like, where did that come from? And then coming home and telling my husband about it. And he was like, I remember him walking out of the kitchen, like, cool, but weird. <laughs> probably don't talk to me about that kind of stuff was the vibe he gave, totally gave me. So then I was like, Ooh, this is really weird. And then actually a couple of years ago, my husband and I were watching a TV show and I can't remember what it was, but they were in uh, Salem maybe in it. And there was like all sorts of psychics and all of these things. And I just started like crying and it was not an emotional TV show at all. I want to say it was like some sort of cop show probably or something like that. And I was like, 
I can't even tell him that I think that I like know these things, but like, I don't know what I know. And then I had amazing people like Tanya come into my life and another friend, Natalie. And I was like, oh, there are more people like me out there. And I remember my husband was just like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm like those people. And you just said they were weird, but like, I know things, but I don't know why I know things. But like, I do know things sometimes. So I just want to like preface, I think, this conversation with that because some people I think are judgmental of themselves. <laughs> and I, I do joke with clients now that I wish intuition came with like a Scottish accent so that I could tell when it was intuition <laughs> and just my <laughs> ego being like a little asshole or, you know, like we all have those things. And it would just be really simple if I knew exactly when it was intuition talking or not. And it's been a practice over the last few years of like, what is the intuitive knowing versus what am I just making up or ego or projecting? Like you could go down so many things there. Um, yeah, you go Mel, because then let's go into like how we tap into it later. Yeah, um, I've told this story about probably 30,000 times now. But when I was in grade one, I had a girlfriend, my best friend, she was beautiful. And I was the ugly duckling. And I just thought that her life was so easy. And I remember sitting on the playground with her, we were sitting across from each other on on this hill at the Percy Pegler School in Oak Tokes, Alberta, where I grew up. And I was sitting across eating lunch from her. And I just thought, how, like, how amazing would it be to know what you like, how you feel or to be you. And it was like, (laughs) like the cheesy movies. I just like swapped energies and I could feel her sadness and her life really wasn't as easy as what I thought it was. I'll sum this up because if you guys are listeners, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it before, but anyways, I felt her life and I realized that this was a gift. And I know my dad has always had it as well. And it he talked to me about it openly, but we didn't really talk about it outside of our house. And then when I was married, I was married to a very conservative person who um, knew that I had this gift. And I had seen a psychic, um, Susie Bailey in Okotoks, and she had told me that I needed to pursue this path. And I came home and I was so excited and it was shut down and she was going to lend me some books. And I never contacted her again because it was like, well, you're, are you going to start telling people about this was the response that I received. And so I tugged it away until 2011. And then after that, it's just been like, that's what I work with. I don't even question it anymore. Like the Scottish accent makes me crack up so hard. The only thing that I would say is that I recognize when it's ego because it always reinforces what I want. (laughs) And so then I know that that's my ego just trying to trick me as like, this is a gift from source, Melanie, you get what you want. And it just doesn't really work that way. It usually comes um, in conflict to those beliefs. So that's been my journey. It's been pretty well received that though, because I think I personally believe, and I'm curious on your guys' perspective, I think sometimes there's a lot of intuition that comes in, in a positive way that we don't believe because it's 
too good to be true or like we're not worthy of it like all of our still conflicting positive conflicting negative belief so it's still conflicting a belief even though it would feel good you're like "Mm, I can't trust this it's not for me my life's not that easy for sure right not trustworthy for me, um, working in this field and trying to educate people that you can make money as a spiritual person, that has been really well received. I've only got very minimal pushback and that you can trust your intuition, you can lean into it, and you can talk about it openly. What I found for me was that the biggest um, block in having people receive me as I was is just like, I don't I think Tanya, we were talking about this just prior is that there is that little bit of a role that we want to be received as. And so we play that. And one of that is the anticipation that we're going to be rejected. So we don't share our truth. And then the moment you share your truth, people are like, okay, like, you know, maybe not for me, but I always like, um, one of my closest friends sat next to me when I worked in oil and gas and she was like, I was such a non-believer, but you just gave it to me in such a a palatable way that I was able to take it in in small doses and start to change the way that I saw the world. And so, and she's just such a highly intuitive person. So it's definitely her path for sure. So it's funny how we're just given these gifts of people to open us up. Tanya, who, who was your person that like, what were you, did you meet someone? How did you, cause I know you used to be like, it's just all science and I, I need to be able to back this up. Like, who was it that changed your thinking or how did that happen for you? It's funny. Cause I have like, I, I joke with the, depending on how much time I have with the person in front of me, that's like, how'd you start this? I'm like, do you want the extended version or the short version? Cause even the short version is pretty long, but the short version is that, um, I had a good friend of mine basically like convince me to go to the psychic, which I'm, I'm kind of like a, yeah, you know what? Try everything once, even though I didn't like believe it. And it was very much like Jen, where it was like, I will not move. Like I will say, yes, I will say no. My body will stay completely straight. Like there's nothing. I will give nothing away. (laughs) And, uh, I saw this tarot reader in Calgary. She still works. Um, uh, Patricia Gomez is her name and I will happily give her number out to anyone that would like it. Um, and yeah, she was amazing. She was amazing because, you know, not only did she like, she, she just excavated these details from my life that weren't posted on the internet that some of these things I hadn't told close friends, like she was like kind of pulling out this really deep information. Um, I had a conversation with this guy and I told no one about this conversation, I, cause out of respect for him to me that him sharing that with me was really intimate. And, um, I, I kind of suspected he didn't go around just willy nilly telling that to everyone and out of respect for that conversation, I did not disclose it to anyone. And she kind of reiterated parts of that conversation. And I was just baffled because a, I felt like I was kind of like privileged to be aware of that information, let alone have someone else say it back to me. Um, And so, yeah. And so essentially what she did was she dismantled my whole belief system, which was like, everything is evidence-based. Everything can be proven. And since psychics, intuitives and all this has, um, if anything has more evidence against it. And these, you know, studies are proving that it is all, you know, scam artists and this is how they work and they read your body language and all this stuff. And I'm like, 
I don't think I could body language some of the details that she shared. Like she wasn't like, oh yeah, you seem like you're a little standoffish or like this. It's like, yeah, okay. I could see that, but that, you know, okay. That comes across in body language, but to tell me like how I think like my thought process, she described the way that I think you can't, you can't do that by body language. You can't reiterate very specific details from a conversation with body language. You can't, um, she knew his height. That was super weird. She's like, yeah, he's, he's five ten, And I was like, what in the sweet baby Jesus is going on here? <laughs> so that was kind of what broke my belief system. So then it was almost like my scientific mind still approached it very scientifically. Cause I was like, well, I must conduct my own study then. And that's when I went out and bought tarot cards and, uh, like almost under cloak and dagger. Cause I was so embarrassed to be buying such a silly item and, uh, and then I started researching cause I was determined to experience whatever she experienced. And, um, it was a, a long journey because I did take an intellectual route to it, which is why when I teach tarot, I teach it totally not the way I learned it. Cause I'm like, well, I took the long way. So I'm going to save you having to do that because that was not an efficient way to learn how to read tarot here. Let's learn the efficient way. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, I guess like she was what broke my brain into like stepping into the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole. And now I'm queen of the joint. So it's, like, <laughs> it's been kind of a transformation. Can either of you even imagine what life would be like without any of that? Now, now yeah, yeah. there is, like, there is nothing but wonderland now. Yeah, yeah, I just can't even like I just and I think we probably are all similar that way that it's just like part of every single hour of every day in some capacity it is a part of our being and I just can't imagine if that route hadn't have came it was really boring before I guess like it just was like mm -hmm. really trapped and really like monotonous and it brings like the mystical to the mundane for me yeah. being able to see the synchronicities and the serendipities and understand that these are unfolding as like little signs from source that you're not alone and you know we're here with you and this is the this is the path and maybe that's something that we could look at too is how, how many different paths there are to get here is that there are opportunities I had that opportunity that I tucked away for a number of years because I refused to go back. I never even called the lady. I was like, yeah, I'll come get the books. And then I never even called her. Like I just pretended that moment didn't exist in my life. Although it like lived inside of my heart. I knew she gave me this vision of a penguin and said, that I, I, how she saw me was a penguin where I could move between the 3d world and into the 5d, like trans, you know, transcend what we're currently experiencing and be able to go above it and to see higher. And it just like, it felt like being seen. And I cried. I literally yeah. bawled the entire time she was talking to me. And then because of a judgment, I let it 
go to rest, you know? So that was an opportunity. Do I think that I missed out? No, I think that now I know I really appreciate this gift. So that's, and that I'm not afraid to tell people about it. Yeah. And don't you think like it gave you, even though you might not have been processing it consciously at that time, you were still processing in such a different way that gave you the confidence to now be where you are now with how open you are about it. And maybe your human just wasn't ready for that is how I look at it. I'm just crying for that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just, just not the, just not that time. Yeah. I needed to do other things. My, my long story, which I, I won't, I promise I won't like fully get into, but I have a similar, like kind of, I would, I would I call it a traumatic event truthfully with how mm-hmm. impactful it was. But I started exploring witchcraft when I was like, 11 and I was so enthralled by it which now I'm like that's because that's your deal man like it's like it's a part of you and it always has been so no wonder I dove in the way that I did and I think when I like started exploring it my mom's like oh like playtime like it's all good it's whatever and um and I like and I how do I explain this I was like I'm a private person, like a very private person. And this to me felt, I think, sacred in its own way. So I had this like very special box of all my things and I didn't hide it exactly because I wasn't trying to hide things, but I'm, it's special to me. So I kept it in a private space. It wasn't like, you know, scattered throughout my room. It was like in this special box. And this was my special box that I took out and I interacted with. And then I put all my special things away and I would, you know, put it, put it away. And anyways, my, my mom found this box one day and, uh, at the time, so this is funny because this is what I mean by the long story. We were Catholic. Um, and my mom, I don't know, she, she did not like that. I had this big box of stuff. She did not realize that it evolved to such a state that it did. And so I had all of this thing taken from my possession, all of my things. I was also asked to surrender anything else that might be in any other corner of my room. And I had to give it all back, all back. And I, uh, I, oh man, did I cry? (laughs) I was so upset. And it's so funny because I kind of thought like, just like any other, you know, punishment or whatever, I thought it was going to have an end. Like I thought I was like, after a month, I'll get it back. Or after two months, I'll get it back. And I kind of just kept waiting to get it back. And then as I grew up, I always, always thought about it. I always wondered about it. I always wondered where it went. I always wondered what happened, like all this stuff. But I got to kind of an age, like I think I was like 14, where I kind of was just like, right, that's kids stuff. I was just playing. And then I actually went into like atheism, an atheism direction, because the Catholic church was not answering certain questions I wanted answered. And, uh, and it just didn't feel right anymore. So I went atheist, decided that all that stuff that I lost was childish. And I kind of just pushed it all away until it kind of, you know, loop reentered my life later on. But I, you know, wonder too, if it's like, well, yeah, it would have been really cool to have have been able to build that, that craft from that point, but then you do trust that, well, it came back when it was ready and it was never, ever really gone. Like, even though, you know, it was maybe dormant, I don't know that it was ever absent, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's true for everything in it. (laughs) One, that like little story, just like 
you've told me that once before and I'm just like so heartbroken for you it would be like somebody like taking a diary and like destroy I don't know like and it isn't even like you never even say destroy but I'm just like destroyed for you when you talk about it as this like little maybe because Ella's close to that age too where I'm just like oh like that would be so hard to go through what did happen to it Tanya did you ever find out so I got, it took me this long to get brave <laughs> enough to ask because, because then it went into, okay, so when it, into kids stuff, well, I can't ask about it because I'm too old for that. Like, I'm you know, you cool. Yeah. yeah you do yeah. that to your old self, right? You're like, oh, I'm way past that. So I got into teenager years, never asked about it. Then I got into my twenties and was like, well, like that's embarrassing. I don't want to embarrass myself by asking what happened. And I still felt shame around it. So, because there was obviously like, right, that was something that really, you know, there were cracks created on the inside when that happened. And yeah. so I had feelings around it. So I, you know, and then when I started like actually delving into Wonderland, I didn't want anyone to know. So then it was like, well, now I can't ask about it because why am I asking about it? Like, what if there's follow up questions? I can't answer those right now. I'm too embarrassed about what I'm doing. And then finally, yeah, like a couple, maybe two or three years ago, I was at my parents at Christmas and I was like, Hey mom, do you remember that box? Here's what it looked like. I like, I remember the whole thing verbatim, right? Here's what this box looked like. It was covered. I was 11. Okay. Guys, like my color palette was not good, but I had, it was like orange construction paper. It was a really big shoe box. I covered it in like orange construction paper and like trimmed it with yellow construction paper. It was like so ugly, but anyway. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Uh, I, yeah, I asked her about it. She's like, I, Oh, maybe it's around here somewhere kind of thing. So I like literally spent the whole Christmas, like just digging through boxes, trying to find it. And she has no idea what happened to it. Um, she found one thing that was in there like this. And it was this little leather pouch with, um, a bunch of stones in it. Um, but that's it. That's all I recovered from it. And I like, I'd, I'd love to find it just for the pure nostalgia of it. Like just mm. to be able to like, look at what I thought was cool or important. Cause I, I'd handmade a, a wand for myself. Like I, I carved, like whittled the wood and I had put a gemstone on top of it and wrapped it with leather. And I was just like, I was so, uh, <laughs> I was so like meticulous with my things. So I would just like to go back and visit that version of myself and see, you know, how I, I want to know what stone I picked for that wand. I don't know what it is, but I'd probably recognize it and be able to identify it and then just be able to get into that little version of me. But, um, so there's a part of me that still like hopes it's just going to turn up someday, <laughs> but, but I don't know. I, it might just be, might just be gone. Hmm. That's cute. Um, thinking about too, like even the development of our human self, when we're born, we're so connected to spirit and you look at children, they're just, they're so fluid. Like they're the true penguin that's, um, their brain state is actually supporting them in not being here in the physical. They're creating their own alternate reality inside their minds, their whole, um, childhood, especially before seven. And then after they turn teenagers, it's like the ego takes hold and it has its purpose there. And so it's all perfect, perfectly timed too, is like, we go into that ego phase in order to know it. And it's like grossest manifest form, right? Like where it takes up all of who we are. And then I noticed for myself, it took a little longer, probably after I had kids and even still a bit then to start to connect with spirit again and to soften the edges of my ego. 
But our ego is what we grip onto when we don't know who we are. And that happens in our teens, right? It's like, oh, I'm losing who I am. I have to hang on to everything that I know about myself, or I have to make sure that other people are uh, separate and apart from me and that I'm seen as, as something different. I'm seen as me. And so I think that all of our stories are um, characteristic of just that expansion from spirit to ego back to equal parts mix. And do I find it so fascinating, like reflecting back on my own journey of, so yes, that those teenage years of like, this is who I am. And then going into a shell of like, oh, but don't really see who I am. So Mm -hmm. how it just flows into that through like later teenage years um I would say we learn how to protect ourselves Mm -hmm. and then just like stayed in that state for so long without wanting to be seen yeah or anything other than the norm what a juxtaposition teenage years are though right like really they're you're you're navigating this like contrast because on one hand you're trying to be this unique individual self and in the same, like you in just the same hand carrying that you need and want to be accepted. So it's yeah. like this constant like clash. Oh, but yep. so I want to ask you guys a question because, okay, so say someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, sure. Like, thanks for sharing your stories, but like, I want to connect. How do I connect? So what I'd like to know is, are there any specific things that you've done that you feel either improve your intuitive connection, make it clearer, make it more reliable? Or, Tanya. <laughs> or it, yeah, is there someone you've talked to that like helped kind of like nudge you in the right direction? Was there a book? Was there like what, I guess, if we could give tangible resources to someone listening that is looking to develop their intuition and make this more of a reliable connection, what, what would you offer in that regard? Mel, you go, you go first. Um, so for me, I always have had, um, Carolyn Mai says the intuition is not a gift. It's a skill in self-worth. And so when I started firming up my boundaries and becoming really clear on who I was and what other people were, cause for a long time, I just kind of lived and put other people in a storyline and wasn't really like seeing people for who they are. It was just like, Oh, this is who you are. Cause you said this, so you fit here and you fit this storyline. And it wasn't seeing my actual reality. And so once I started the practice of yoga Nidra, um, working with my limiting beliefs of I'm not worthy, that changed everything for me because I began to see things in a clearer, more detached way from a level of awareness, which I couldn't hold before. And you can get that same um, activation of right and left hemispheres of the brains by doing ritual, um, being steady and devoted in rituals. So going to the same altar every day, playing the same music, it accesses because our subconscious mind is our body. To me, I, I, I this I isn't agree. science, but I believe our body holds all of our subconscious mind, all of that memory. So when you're activating and you want to access the subconscious mind, which is the unconscious is where we get universal wisdom from and the subconscious is where we access the things that aren't fitting to our belief system or are part of our belief system, but we're able to see it with a level of awareness as that this is a story I created for myself. So ritual is really great doing the same movements with your body, which is why yoga nidra works with the rotation of consciousness in every practice. 
So for me, um, main thing that I do is yoga nidra practice that daily, sometimes twice daily. It's, I just want to speak to something and validate it in my geeky way is, um, uh, they're doing some exploration right now. And I want to say studies, but I'm not sure that I can actually refer to them and have that check out. So, but I know that there is scientific exploration occurring around um, fascia tissue. Like it's being like heavily explored because we've never actually known the purpose, quote unquote, of fascia tissue. It has been written off as connective tissue, the stuff in the way of the stuff. Like, okay, we just move this fascia tissue and there's a muscle. We move this fascia tissue, there's a bone. We move this fascia tissue. Like they've been kind of like looking around the fascia. Mm -hmm. And there is a hypothesis that fascia tissue is um, sort of, I'm going to do a really crass version of trying to explain this, but sort of like the nervous system, as in it's a messaging system. Um, but one of the like the people that are exploring this that are more flexible in having that science married with spirituality are saying that it might be a messenger for the subconscious. So there you go. That's just my yeah. geeky validation to you. So like, even if you look into like epigenetics, it would essentially be being the same, saying the same thing, except not using fascia as the like actual term for it. But in that we think so many genetics are passed down to us. Like for example, uh, my mom having breast cancer. Therefore, what are my statistics that I will have breast cancer? And if you like really get into some of the epigenetic work of them saying there's actually like a 7% chance of things being passed down as opposed to the science mm -hmm. side that will has studied statistically what happens, but they're saying like, what happens in your mind? Well, fascinating enough, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and then three of her aunts were diagnosed with breast cancer within like, I think it was 18 months. It was super fast. And so all of a sudden now breast cancer is everywhere in my family. And so then there's testing that can occur that she can do that I can do so that it's going to be passed down or not passed down. And I, I, I think this is actually a testament of when I had intuition, but didn't trust intuition yet, to be perfectly honest. And I was like, I don't want that testing. And mom, if you do that testing, please don't tell me about the testing because I don't want to live into thinking that I'm just going to have breast cancer or deciding whether I want a double mastectomy just to like cut that out right now, like all of these pieces. But I think we live into that so much because that's what is believed to be true. And it'll, I just think it'll be so fascinating to see what happens in the next 20 years, 30 years, 50 years of how will that change, essentially the placebo effect, but on a different scale of just not believing into those terms. And like with the, uh, we've had like our conversation about <laughs> Louise Hayes and how you know, they, I do believe our body tells us all of the time something that isn't right in our body. And to be very sensitive to anybody that's going through any major treatments of any sort, I do think it is your subconscious speaking to you that something is not right for you right now. And I think it shows up as sometimes really bad, shitty illnesses. I'm trying so hard not to geek out on that one too, because <laughs> real quick, just real quick, but yeah. the ability that we like the tools, resources, and everything that we have to actually explore 
neuroscience right now have developed so much just in the last decade. Like they've been learning things the in the last, last five two years, I think, five and two even. years. Yeah. Like there, there's really, really recent studies. And I'm like, man, I really hope that they kind of dive into that whole placebo thing because I feel mm-hmm. like, like when people are like, well, it's just the placebo effect. I'm like, excuse me, just just like how could we like leverage that because that is to me saying if your mind has just tricked your body into believing that a sugar pill did the trick and it effing did the trick mm-hmm. then why aren't we exploiting that like why the aren't why aren't we when it's like yeah. i think it's on average 47 percent <laughs> is like usually the lowest amount for a, a sugar pill let's say for people that it will affect in a positive way like that's astronomical. Do, do, <laughs> you, do you see? Do you see what's happened with our society, though? That why aren't we? Is that we've been conditioned to look outside of ourselves our whole entire life, life. in order to be fixed and healed? Mm-hmm. And so the placebo effect and the power of belief, we want to resist it because it's not hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like it's it life has to be hard we our parents and their parents grew up in generations riddled with war life has to be hard and that is coded in us and so if we believe that and honestly shifting your belief uh shifting your belief systems to believe that you are worthy of health that you are worthy of um a frequency of abundance of prosperity within your life That is actually a massive amount of work. That's a massive amount of work. It is uncomfortable. It is hard, but it's possible from within you. But we've uh, given ourselves permission to become weak in, in, in these areas and to rely on others to heal us instead of strengthen what we already have here and really look inside. That's what I see. I see that too. I see that we've been conditioned to think that's the right way to do it. So uh, last year I had a client, we started like a pretty big contract together and we only worked together a month and it was supposed to be six months. And I was like, this isn't going to work because she wasn't willing to go in. She just wanted me to tell her what to do. And I was like, that's not what we do here. (laughs) I'm going to continue to help you find the answers within your own self because I truly feel we have all of the answers for anything we're going through if we can get quiet enough with our own self and not listen to all the outside sources. So let me use that as a segue to then ask you, Jen, like what are some of the ways that you either yourself or what have you noticed is effective in working with people to get a clear connection to that intuitive channel? Way to loop back, Tanya. I totally forgot that was your question. I'm on assignment here, okay? This is literally, this is my role in our, in our triad here. I, uh, I get quiet with myself a lot and I don't ask anybody else's opinion on anything very often. Like I'll have a conversation, like we have conversations, the three of us, but I, I used to call my mom. I used to call a coach. I used to... Like, and it's just like kind of shifted from one person to the next person. I used to have like this friend that I would ask questions on this and this friend that, or I would go to my doctor or I would go to like so many different areas because I do think there's experts in fields, but ultimately I think the last like five years has been about being an expert in my own life and learning what 
feels good and doesn't feel good and just getting like super tapped into when I don't feel good period it sounds to me like what you've really done is you've invested in a lot of self-trust and so then I want to add like a secondary like layer to the question which is what are some of the ways or is there like a solid way that you feel that you have built that relationship trusting self to that extent because you went from where you were talking to everybody else and now you're like no now I just go in and I trust that I know what I need to know so what was like what were what led from one from point a to point b what was in between there I had two like multiple multiple things but for my like the main answer to that is like just being with myself just myself like just I went to Banff by myself last week for two and a half days to just be by myself. I knew I was like not grounded into who I am fully and that I needed no outside noise for that, which just cracks me up because I would have never been that person, but I'll do it in smaller pockets, um, going for a walk or just sitting by myself somewhere in, even in my home, even with my family here. But I also think like doing things with like you, Tanya, I will never forget receiving your first reading that you ever gave to me that was like just like a total meant to be I truly feel like spirit was like here we're going to give you this lady and she's going to give you this random reading and it's going to like you don't even know her and all of these things and I can picture myself I was in the dark I think it was fall I I had a jacket on so it was cold I was outside sitting on this bench on my deck scrolling through it going holy shit and then just getting to know you better and there's like so many times where I was like oh she just affirmed that I'm not a fucking crazy person thank you very much (laughs) like but you weren't even talking directly to me in those a lot of those times and taking your intuitive like anything pretty much that you ever offered I was just like yes please more please can I have all the things please and I think surrounding yourself by those people is a huge piece like being with like the three three of us being with Mm -hmm. both of you that are in full acceptance and being around people that are like that is super important when you feel like maybe you're a little bit of a crazy person possibly that has the Scottish voice talking to you all the time. (laughs) I want to, I want to quickly just share, cause I just think it's a funny, like, thing anyways when I sent that reading to Jen so for like so everyone knows Jen and I were not friends we didn't even know each other like I think you just randomly commented on something in a in a group I posted I was yeah. like hey I want to do a couple of readings does anyone want one and Jen replied like back to that reading replied something like thanks <laughs> and that was like it and I was like oh maybe it wasn't very good like I like, remember being like no, that one, it felt good. Like, I mean, I just, cause I had, I think I did three of them or something. And the other people replied back like, wow, this was so moving. Thank you so much. Like, and like, and granted, like, I mean, I know that I'm just like looking for that, like little celebration of me after my ego's like, you know, like what the hell, but, uh, but you know, I was like curious. I was baffled. I was like, well, maybe it didn't land and that's okay. And like, whatever, like I was just like, <laughs> but it was so funny because then we did become friends and you referenced that reading later. Like, I didn't want to mention it because I was like, oh, maybe it sucked. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Let's just casually leave that out. <laughs> Meanwhile, life changing moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then but it's just like Mel was talking about with uh, I can't remember the lady's name now. I want to say Susie, maybe mm-hmm. that just never came back to her. Yeah. Just 
it, it's, that. the way you're saying that too, Tanya is, um, actually really powerful for a way to increase your intuition is to be mirrored back to be validated. Mm-hmm. And so if you are practicing with your intuition, ask people Hey, like, I'm actually looking for validation here. Like, can you validate what I'm saying? Is any of this resonating with you? And, um, you know, how hearing that, yes, this is you, you're bang on that, that like spikes a level of trust with yourself. And it seems a little egotistical, but it's also really important. I think it's really important to double check and see if it's resonating. And I was thinking about how, you, Jen was like sitting there feeling like so exposed and seeing that I think thanks is like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> like yeah. You saw me. I don't even need it. You already know. Yeah. Already Thank you very know. much. Yeah. Here we um, are. Like, and that the- was funny. You say that one. Cause that's, that was almost her exact words. When we, we did eventually circle back to it. She was like, I was just like, it was too much. It was so much that like, I couldn't believe that it was that And I was like, wow, that is really not the direction I went with that in my head. But okay, this is good because this segues to my uh, personal insight on how I would recommend someone um, heighten that relationship with their intuition. And it is validation. However, I'm going to like, because we're going to leave Mel's there. We're going to be like, yes, absolutely. Like work with people and you know, see if you can kind of get that validation and something I noticed that comes up like, in, like, uh, cause I do teach tarot a lot. So something comes up in tarot is that you can have an interpretation of validation, AKA. So I had this, uh, reading once and I described this person's children. They had two kids and I described them and she's like, well, actually I don't have kids, but you just described my two dogs perfectly. <laughs> so, uh, it was kind of like, okay, like I wasn't wrong. You know, it was just no. like a, and so then in that moment I got basically called to like, look back and go, okay. Uh, like where was there like a pet vibe? Like, can, where can I find, you know, how is that different than a kid vibe? And so it was, uh, that was Do you funny struggle. Do you see color Tanya? Can you see color clearly? In which, sorry, in what context? When you're channeling, can you see color? Like, can you see the color of their pets? And are you accurate? Because uh, I'm not. That's not how mine works. <laughs> okay. Because I always, I, I tell them, I'm like, nine times out of 10, I'm wrong on color, but I just, I love, so I'm like, just play with me here. Is it this? And I'm actually getting better. I'm getting better at oh, figuring out the color because I'm feeling. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I feel the color and I won't see it, but yeah, it was, it was pretty low accuracy for a long time. <laughs> I find people's general energy will project what's most important to them. So it depends on how much they prioritize that quality. Um, but I don't want to lose this thought. So the validation thing, uh, I'll just come back to it real quick. Um, but the, the validation thing is to validate self. So there are moments and you can do this retroactively. So if you notice any period where, okay, so this is uh, an example I use a lot is, okay, so you're driving back home from work and you take like the same way every day, but you just have this like funny feeling, funny voice, whatever it is, doesn't matter. But you think you should take that exit. You're like, but I never take that exit. Like I never go that home way home from work. Why would I go that way home from work now? So you don't listen to it. You don't take that exit. And then you find out there's an accident ahead and you could have dodged that accident by taking that exit previously. And now you're like 20 minutes later, whatever it's, it's inconsequential. It's not a big deal, but that's a perfect moment to be like, Oh, that was my intuition. AKA not just like, Oh, that's just me or not think about it again or not anything, but it actually go, 
that was intuitive. I see that now. Thank mm -hmm. you for sending me that message. I understand. And I'm going to catch the next one or I'm going to try. So just keep sending. Like, it's kind of like, to me, it's like, I call it like picking up the phone. So if someone like your parents were trying to call you all the time, like they called you every day and you wouldn't pick up the phone, like they still love you. They still want to talk to you, but they're probably not going to call as often because you don't pick up the phone. So validating yourself or finding validation from other people is picking up the phone, which means that they're going to call more frequently because you're, you're answering, you're there. And so you can go back and do this. Um, I love retroactive validation, but you can go back and retroactively validate your intuition as much as you want to, like as far back as you want to, as many times as you want to, and then work with it in the moment as best you can. Just go like, I think, even if it's this, I think what you're saying is this, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to proceed this way, but I heard it. And then you proceed and you go, oh, that was it. Or you go, oh, that wasn't it. It doesn't matter. Don't get too attached to what it is or what it isn't, but keep playing with it like it's intentional and it will become more intentional. I love that. Can I give an example with the traffic piece? Yeah, do it. That I was like a big, uh, just like a, yay me, I can trust myself, intuition at a deeper level. When we went to Golden BC in June, there's all these like massive flashing, huge signs saying highway closed, must go through, what is it, through radium and I think up to Golden instead of through uh, like field. And like literally like every few kilometers before you're getting to where you have to do the detour and large detour signs and all of these things. And I had heard that there was construction there. Uh, Google Maps says there's construction there, that the roads closed, all of these things. And I said to Blake, I think we should go straight. I think we should just go the regular route. And he was like, we're going by like this massive neon flashing sign that's saying like detour, turn left, turn left, turn left, no through traffic, like all of these things. And I was like, no, like I just, I, I, I'm just telling you, like, I honestly think we should go straight. And it was a really cool moment because I wouldn't have trusted myself enough because everything in the 3D world said, do not go straight. There could not have been more signs to say that you should not go straight. And for some reason, that highway was open for the three days that we were in Golden BC. And so both times we just drove through this closed highway, even though all of the signs say this. And I was just like, huh, you know, like two years ago, I would have been like, no, no, I might be right, but I'm still going to say that we mm. should take this other route because it would have taught, it would have cost us like two and a half hours extra of driving other if it was closed when we got to the end of the road when it was closed. But I think you saying things to me like that in the beginning really helped me recognize the depth because I wouldn't have gone that way, but I would have still like congratulated myself of like, oh, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's never too late. You can valid, never too late to validate like that. <laughs> yeah. Made up on the spot. No big deal. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Are there any final or parting thoughts on this one? Any like kind of anything you guys feel is left unsaid? I feel complete. You feel good? Okay, I do too. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Spiritual Boss Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Um, we appreciate if you subscribe, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to leave a review, that's amazing. Uh, share it with your friends. 
Spotify review. I don't know if that's a thing anyways. Um, <laughs> but it all helps people find us. And thank you so much. We've had so much positive feedback the last little while, and we just appreciate hearing from you. So we like positive reinforcement. We have egos. Okay, guys. Like, so you feel <laughs> welcome to just send us all your happy notes. Okay. Um, you can email input comments, um, content. If you have suggestions, spiritual boss podcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram at the spiritual boss podcast. Peace in, peace out.